John 14. God is great and greatly to be praised. Is that right? John 14. We're just going to read one verse. So you have that. Say amen. You have John 14. Did you, you have the verse already? Okay. Well, y'all said amen. Okay. Verse, verse 27. Verse 27. Amen. All right. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world peace gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So peace I leave. Is this in red in your Bible? Okay. Uh, On the screen is red, which correlates to the words of Jesus Christ. So this is Jesus when he says, peace I leave with you, my peace. This is Jesus' peace. Right? I give to you. Not as the world gives. So there is something called world peace. But this is Jesus' peace. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't let it be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Amen? So tonight we're on Resistant Faith Part 5, and we're going to talk tonight about hold your peace. Resistant Faith Part 5, hold your peace. Father God, thank you so much tonight for giving us opportunity to receive the word of God. We pray, Father, that you would find ears that are ready to hear, uh, eyes that can see, and hearts that are ready to perceive the word of God. Those are all gifts that come from you. Hallelujah. The ability to see and hear and understand the word. It's from you. It's supernatural. So thank you for supernatural ability beyond our intellect, beyond our reasoning, beyond our natural understanding. Thank you, Father, Lord, that we are spiritual and we can discern spiritual things tonight. So speak spiritual things to us, we pray in Jesus' name, so be it, amen and amen. All right, take your seats tonight in the presence of the Lord. We're so grateful to be here and so grateful for the opportunity we have to spend uh, this time in the word of God, and I pray that you are uh, in tune and ready to receive what God has to say to us tonight, amen? Amen. So we've been again talking about God's desire for us to enjoy life, the perfect life, right? Uh, Heaven on earth. We looked at Matthew 6, verse 9 and 10, particularly verse 10 on Sunday, where it says, uh, your kingdom come, uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was on earth, so when he said your kingdom come, he means your kingdom come on earth. Your kingdom, your your reality, the kingdom's way, heaven's reality. He said, uh, pray, when you pray, pray that that comes into your life. So you can pray for heaven's reality to be in your life. Amen? Because he understood, Jesus spent 33 and a half years here. He knew how bad it was then, right? Uh, and he's, he prayed at one point, I think it's in John 17. He said, Father, I don't pray that you take the disciples out of the world, but that you keep them in the world. Keep them. Not make them stay here, but keep them. In other words, protect them from the world's, from the earth's curse, curse conditions. So let your kingdom come, your reality, heaven reality come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. All right, Romans 14, 17, you should know by heart now the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but what? Righteousness. Come on, say it loud. Come on, what now? Righteousness and? And? All right, we should have that down by now. All right, 
at least the latter, the latter part of that. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, the perfect life. Okay? So righteousness being right standing with God. Then that word peace, just, just for us, I want to make sure we bring up again that word peace, the Greek word irene, just so you know what it means when, when, when the Bible's saying this, it means security, safety, prosperity, and felicity. That word felicity is a fancy word for happiness, or true happiness, right? So the kingdom of God that Jesus told us to come, that, he, that we ought to pray that it comes or appears on earth in our lives is security. We need that today, don't we? All kind of things happen all around us, ladies and gentlemen. Safety, prosperity, and felicity. Because peace and harmony make and keep things safe and prosperous. That's, I, I didn't add that. That's right out of the concordance, what it means. You got it? Okay, so let's go back here to John 14, please. John 14. <clears throat> if you ever want to learn about the Holy Ghost in a little detail, you read John 14, John 15, and John 16. Those three chapters are replete with all kind of uh, good information about the Holy Ghost, who he is and what he does, okay? And Jesus talks about him right here in John 14, verse 25, he says, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, everybody say the helper. The, helper. the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, yes. whom the Father will send in my name. Yes. Now he's, when he's saying this, this is before the cross, before the day of Pentecost. We're already in the day he's talking about. Got it? So the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, whom the Father, we, we could say has sent for us now in Jesus' name. He will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance all things that Jesus said to us. Or that we could say that the word said to us. Whether it's through Logos, the written word, or it's a rhema, a spoken word. Whatever God's spoken to us, the Bible says, Jesus said himself, the Holy Ghost, part of his assignment in the earth is to bring those things back to our remembrance. Now for him to bring them back to our remembrance, we have to have made them a member. Because he can't make you remember what's not a member. You got it? So that's why it behooves us to spend as much time as we can in the word of God, in the presence of God, hearing God, so the word becomes a member. So then we can later on remember the word of God. You got it? All right. Praise the Lord. Now watch what he says here in verse 27 then. He says, peace, I leave with you. So he's leaving something, or he's, he's leaving but it's going to leave something. He's going away, okay? That's when the Holy Ghost is going to come in verse, verse 26 is when Jesus Christ leaves, right? He says, so when I leave, though, peace I leave with you, my peace, my peace. Now, what kind of peace, safety, security, prosperity, felicity did Jesus Christ enjoy? I mean, he was so safe and secure that when they were going to throw him off a cliff, first day of ministry, he didn't trip, he didn't run. The Bible says he just walked, he just passed right through the midst of them. <laughs> okay? He was that safe and secure. 
he was so safe and secure that when his friend uh, Lazarus died, Lazarus, they were down in Bethany, and uh, they, they said, hey, Jesus, Lazarus died, and Jesus, I'll deal with that later on. When he finally went, the disciples said, hey, you can't go down there because they want to kill you. You know what he did, right? He went. The disciples said, well, let's go with him so we can die too. That's what they said. They said, let's go down there with him so we can all die too. But he didn't die. He just multiplied. Right? That's, it's us. We're, we're the multiplication of Jesus, right? <laughs> Security, safety, prosperity. What kind of prosperity did Jesus Christ enjoy? Well, the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Shut up. Jesus didn't mean he was homeless. He meant he was not welcome where he went. The very, one of the first stories we read, when, when he meets uh, the disciples, or who would be his disciples, they're John's disciples at the time, and Jesus shows up, and the disciples said, hey, teacher, where are you staying? And he said, come and see. And the Bible says, and they stayed with him. First day. So he wasn't homeless, and he wasn't broke. He had a treasurer. Broke folk don't need treasures. Right? Luke chapter 8, right. Middle class don't need treasures. We know he was rich. We know he was rich. How do we know he was rich? Huh? Well, one, one, one place I can give you proof he was rich. Well, that's right. Second Corinthians 8 and 9 said he was rich. Just straight up. That's good. But I was going to give you an example. An example was when, when he, he was invited to a feast one time, a dinner, and he told a guy to dinner, he said, hey, when, when you have these dinners, this is in Capernaum where he lived, he said, when you have your dinners, your feasts, don't invite your rich neighbors because they, they can always pay you back. Now, he was there. He said, don't invite your rich neighbors. He, Jesus was a rich neighbor. This is one of his rich neighbors who in, had the feast. You got it? <laughs> this, is, this is his place where he lived. He grew up in the hood. He was born and grew up in the hood. But when he came into his ministry, he moved on up to the east side. He moved from Nazareth to Capernaum. Got it? So Jesus was loaded. He, he was prosperous. He was healthy. You never read about Jesus having the sniffles or the mumps or the measles or anything like that. He was healthy. Right? And he was happy. He was full of joy, okay? So that's what Jesus, when he said, my peace, that's what I'm, I'm just showing you here in John 14, 27. My peace, I uh, leave with you, I give to you, not as the world gives. So there is a world peace. Everybody, we want world peace. We want world peace. I got news for you. There will be no world peace. Never, ever be world peace. There will never, ever be world peace. Not as long as there's a devil out there and sin is running rampant. Not as long as, as uh, men's hearts are, uh, are, are full of evil. Right? Thank you, Lord. Even in the time, there's going to come a time uh, that they're going to think they have great peace. You know, there's going to be this, this Antichrist is going to set up this world peace situation, but it's going to be fake. Three and a half years of fake peace. It's in your Bible. So it's not real. Okay? He says, 
here's the end, the clincher, what I wanted to show you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So it's possible for your heart to be troubled. It's possible for your heart to be afraid. But he said, let not. And let's put it in our common day vernacular, don't let. So it's a choice. That's what I have in here. I wrote it in my Bible, Kirk. It's, it's a choice. So I don't, I don't have to allow my heart to be troubled. I don't have to allow my heart to be afraid. Now, the implication is there are things that are going to come into your life that are designed from the enemy to make your heart troubled and to make your heart afraid. Jesus says, when I leave you my peace, you have the ability now to not let it. And you and I, if we're going to live on this earth any amount of time, we're all going to face situations that are meant from the enemy to wrangle us, to, to, to get us wrinkled in the brain. You follow what I'm saying? To make us get a little uneasy. Some of y'all may know what I'm talking about right now. Like right now, this moment, you may be dealing with things right now in your life that if truth be told, if you could stand up and testify, Pastor, I'm going through some stuff right now that is, is kind of troubling my heart. I'm telling you tonight, don't let it. And whatever you do, don't let it be afraid. Trouble and afraid is two different things here. There's a progression here, or should I say a, a digression. It goes from troubled to afraid. And when you get to the point where now your heart is afraid, you would get to a place where you're now fearful and unbelieving. And if you're fearful and unbelieving, you cannot get anything to happen from God. You become a, a now an open target to the enemy. You understand? Again, just like we've been talking about, that, that stain resistance is not spill resistance. So I'm not telling you you are not going to encounter issues. Anybody dealing with any issues in the last month, in the last year? Okay, all right, good. So I just know I'm talking to the right people. So, but you have a choice because he has left his peace with you. How you respond to it, how you handle it. Okay? So let's look at this here tonight. All right. So righteousness, peace, and he also said joy in the Holy Ghost. Remember back in, in uh, Romans 14, 17? Yeah. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay? Now, peace, what you got to do is use your faith to resist fear and access the peace of God. You might want to write that down. Use my faith to resist fear. Because he just told me, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. So don't let it. That means now I have a choice in the matter. So I have to use something to resist that. Because if I'm living in this earth, there's all kinds of things around me, Chris, that's meant to, again, get me troubled and afraid. So I have to resist that. So I'm going to use my, I can't resist it just by, you know, a good song. I need my faith. Because you can sing some songs that will foster your fear. Am I right about it over here on this side? You can sing some, some music that, that'll actually uh, just, just, just stir your fear up even more. <laughs> I mean gospel songs. This old world will soon be over. Soon there'll be no more race to run. 
Wow, that's encouraging, ain't it? I'm going through the rough side of the mountain, but now don't worry about it. There won't be no more race to run soon. Well, now I'm about to die. I was just going through a lot of financial shortfall right now, but now I'm about to die. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? So you got to be careful what you, you have. You must use faith to resist fear and access the peace of God. Okay? All right, now, join the Holy Ghost. Everybody said join the Holy Ghost. Now, remember what we said, John 14, 15, and 16, powerful things about the Holy Ghost. Look at John 15. John 15, please. And um, verse 11, John 15, verse, verse 9, says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Yes. Woo, thank you, thank you, Lord. Abide in my love. Stay in my love. Yes, Come on. Hallelujah. If you keep my commandments, there it is. that's it, Shante, yes. you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now watch verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So my joy is supposed to remain in you so that your joy can be full. So God, Jesus Christ, representing God, tells us that our joy is supposed to be full. So not a little bit of joy, Jonathan. Full. <laughs> Not sometime a joy. Full. Got it? Now the key to that he's saying is abiding in his love. You abide in his love and you'll, you'll keep your joy full. I want to show you another place. John 16. Thank you, Holy Ghost. John 16, verse 23. John 16, verse 23 and 24. You got it? It says that in that day, that's the day of Jesus, after he leaves uh, the earth, you will ask me nothing. So we don't ask Jesus anything for anything anymore. That's what they're telling the disciples, don't ask me anything anymore. He says, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father. Now you got a direct line to the Father. In my name, he will give you. Now did your Bible say whatever? King James might have said whatsoever, I don't know. Whatsoever. I got a King James buddy back here. So whatsoever, that's even better. That's even more than whatever. That's whatsoever you ask in my name, ask the Father in my name, what happened? That's all right right there. Y'all act like this happening all the time. Like I'm just, I'm just. Did you catch that? Ian, Ian, you see that, Ian? Trinity, you see that? Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So I got to ask the youth, because the youth have a better understanding of these kind of things than adults. Youth used to asking. Adults, adults used to working for it. Adults used to just, we just work for everything, but the, but the youth, they used to just asking for it. Mom, mom, mom. Right? Okay, but he keeps going. 
Verse 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that or so that, Eric, so that, so that your joy. Maybe four. Now that's pretty good, man. Ask whatever you want. The Father gave it to you in my name. Then he said, ask, and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Yes. Oh, that's, boys, this, this can be a good Christmas, man, from now on. I don't mean one day. I'm talking about you can live like Christmas from now on. I said you can live like Christmas from now on. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, I brought it up because I'm just talking about joy and the Holy Ghost. Now, it's important for you to know about uh, the Holy Ghost in that because Jesus talks about in John 14, 15, and 16, he talks about, uh, in fact, can I, can I just read it? They can pause my clock if they have to. Uh, <laughs> You can't, I guess you can't do that. Okay. Well, let me just speed read. Verse, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. He's got the whole world in his hands, right? God. He owns the whole world, a count of a thousand hills. Jesus said, everything the Father has, it's mine. And he says, and the Holy Ghost's job is to declare it to you. So now, so you know now what you can ask for. And when you ask for it, you're going to receive it so that your joy can be full. See, you understand why I'm talking about joy in the Holy Ghost, not joy in the, in the juke joint, not joy in the liquor in the bar, not joy, you know, in a relationship. I'm talking about joy in the Holy Ghost. Because there are things you can ask your spouse, your person, person for, and they, may, they will say no sometimes. You ask people sometimes yes, sometimes no. Now, we've made God like that, and God is not like that. In the church we grew up talking about, well, sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no. That's just not true. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all his promises in him are yes and in him amen. So all the promises of God, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20, is it's yes. You got it? Jordan Holy Ghost. All right, now, again, what does it take to make this a reality in your life? It's faith. You're going to ask in faith, but it takes your faith to make this a reality in your life. Because what I just said, what we just read, this wasn't my opinion, right? We read this scripture by scripture, right? So this is God's will, God's plan for you and for me. But to have this in, a, in reality, I have to use my faith. Most Christians will never experience what we just read. One, a great majority of them don't know about it. Two, some know about it and write it off as something different. And three, those who, write, who, who believe, okay, it's true, they don't actually apply their faith into receiving it and making a reality in their lives. 
right? Stony, thorny, wayside, 30, 60, 100 fold. Got it? All right. Now, John 10, 10. Turn over there. John 10, 10. I know you know it, but let's put your eyes on it. Because Satan, Satan's worst nightmare uh, is, is having this reality in your life. This is his worst nightmare. His worst nightmare is not you coming to church on a Wednesday. He could care less. He could care less about you coming to church on a Wednesday. You can come to church seven days a week, long, just as long as you never get that joy full. There's a lot of Christians going to church seven days. Well, I don't know they're going seven days a week, but they're going a lot of days out the month, and their joy is never full. And because their joys are full, they look like uh, weeping wanders, and they look like, you know, uh, sour pusses, and they look like, you know what I'm saying? And that's not, not attractive to the world. See, it's dangerous to the devil for you and I to get this kind of lifestyle because we are then living testimonies for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the devil's afraid of a testimony. The devil is deathly afraid of a testimony. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So in other words, a testimony of what the Lord has done uh, prophesies to somebody else what can happen in their lives. So when you testify and tell, here's what God done, uh, he healed me, or he raised me up, or he blessed me, or he prospered me, somebody else who hears that, they hear a prophetic utterance out of that. Hallelujah, I can believe that happened in my life. Glory to God. And the devil is deathly afraid of testimony. You know, we were talking about a moment ago, John chapter 11, when Lazarus died. Jesus Christ went to see Lazarus, uh, went to raise him up. He went to see him, raise him up, and so forth. And you read that, and Lazarus is raised from the, from the grave and everything. Everybody's happy. Chapter 12, if you were to read chapter 12, and you see Lazarus there in chapter 12, the Bible says the Pharisees who had been plotting to kill Jesus, now they plotted to kill Lazarus. Lazarus wasn't a preacher. He wasn't the Messiah. He was a testimony. Oh, y'all, this is what I'm saying. He wasn't a preacher. He was a testimony. And the devil's deathly afraid of a testimony. Because the more testimonies that are out there, the more people get snatched out of his kingdom. You got it? So he doesn't want us to experience this. So you, you become a major threat to the, to the devil's campaign. <laughs> you understand that? Okay, John 10.10. 10 says, a thief does not come except to do what? Steal, Steal and to? And to destroy. He, the thief comes only or does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. He comes for three reasons. To kill, steal and to kill and to destroy. So you and I must be on guard against the thief. Okay? So maybe you got to watch out for that thief. Okay, now I'm going to show you something. Go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, I'm going to keep moving here. Matthew 24, and verse 42 through 44, please. Matthew 24, 42 through 44. This is Jesus giving a dissertation about the end times. Are you there? All right, the rest of y'all, you there? Matthew 24, 42. It says, watch therefore... For you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Got it? But know this, but know this, that if the master 
King James uses Goodman, of the house, had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So Jesus is talking about his coming, and it will be like a thief in the night. He's not coming, he's not coming up as a thief. He's not a thief. But it will be like a thief in the night in the sense that you don't know when. He's not coming to steal anything, not coming to rob. He's not a thief. He's not coming to steal, kill, or destroy. But the coming itself, in, in terms of its timing, in terms of its, uh, I think this is the word, suddenness. Is that a word? Y'all don't know either. It is now. In terms of its <laughs> suddenness, I mean, I'm bona fide college graduates in here now, don't I? All right. We're, I mean, we're honors. Y'all don't know that? Okay. Anyway, suddenness is the word. Thank you. It'll, it will be like a thief coming suddenly, and the people don't, didn't know when he was coming. Right? So I'm only, I'm not trying to make Jesus out to be a thief. He's just saying that's how his coming will be. You got it? So I'm, I want to take you back now to John 10.10. 10, to, because he told us, he said, if the good men, that's King James, if the, the, the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, come on, and not allowed his house to be broken into. So I want to show you how a master of the house, you're the master of your house. Parents, you're the masters of your house. Got it? Husbands, the master of your family, your marriages, you're the masters of the house. I'm going to come over here. You're the masters of the house. Okay? Nah, don't get, I'm the master. Pastor said I'm the master. Don't get crazy. Get a rolling pin upside your head. Okay? I'm just talking about if you're a business owner, you're the master of that business. And you have an enemy, the thief, who comes, John 10, 10. He, he does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's not coming to make fun with you. He's not coming to have a good time. He's not coming to show you a good time. He's not coming to, uh, to just to test your faith. He's coming to steal and to kill and to destroy, plain. So if you're the master of the house, if you know that he's coming, then you must now guard your house so that he cannot rob you of your righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what he's coming to steal. Your righteousness, well, he can't steal my righteousness has been given. He, he can't steal that, but he can steal your awareness of it. He can have you so confused in your mind. You don't even know how to see, spell righteousness no more. Well, he gave me peace that passes all understanding, a peace the world can't take. No, the world can't take it, but you can show give it away. This joy I have, the world didn't give it. Yeah, the world didn't give it, the world can take it away, but you can show, let that joy go to, you can quench it. You understand what I'm saying to you? 
See, and the devil, I want to show you this tonight. Boy, good God about it. Oh, man. So you understand what I'm saying to you? So I'm the master of my house. I'm the master of my house. This physical body, I'm the master of this house. The devil does not have the right to come into my house and take anything from me. To steal my peace, my joy, my righteousness, to steal my health. Remember, I'm the, I'm the heel protecting my health from sickness and disease. I, 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 I thought I was going to deal with finances tonight. Still ain't going to get to it. Holy Ghost won't let me get to it. He, he, he was stalling me for a reason. So, so even my finances, my house money, I can't let the thief come and steal that. Plunder my, my economic system. You got it? And you, I want to make sure you understand tonight, you can't let him rob your peace. I'm going to show you this here tonight. So Ephesians 6 verse 16. We doing all right? Trish, we doing all right? Ephesians 6 verse 16. Because we know the thief is loose. We know the thief is coming. Tell your neighbor, the thief is coming. I mean, he's coming to your house. Are you hearing me? The thief is going to come to your house. Oh, but I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, five baptized. He's still coming to your house. No, Pastor, I serve God Almighty. I'm a tither. He's still coming. God said, I'll rebuke the devourer. He didn't say the devourer ain't coming. He just said, I'll rebuke him for your sake. He's coming. No, Pastor, no been formed against me. It shall prosper. He just said it won't prosper. He didn't say it's not coming. He didn't say it won't be formed. But he does all that through your authority. You got to use your spiritual authority, powered by your faith, Release through your mouth to resist the devil. Got it? Okay, where did I tell y'all to go? So Ephesians 6, 6, okay, it's on the screen. says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Remember, who has to take that shield? So Deacon Robert can be an intercessor for you, but you got to put your own shield up. He can't carry your shield. So above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able. So your shield, your ability. Right? You will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That wicked one here in Ephesians 16 is the same guy in John 10.10. The same fellow who's coming to Still, come on, and to kill and to destroy. Same fellow. <laughs> Same fellow when the Bible says you have an adversary, the devil goes about his roaring lion. Same fellow. Right? Okay, so you can quench with your shield of faith. I should have had me a Captain America shield, huh? We saw that online. I, I got to get more hip. I got to get, get more, some more visuals. So just pretend y'all can't really see it, but if I put up, you see it? You see that Captain America shield? 
So just pretend there's a Captain America shield right there. But I'm Captain Faith. You see it? What color is it? Blue. Blue. Classic blue. So, so that's an office staff joke. Um, so notice with my shield, with your shield, your shield is uh, powerful. It's like a vibranium-covered shield. You follow what I'm saying? Right? And you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So in, the implication is the devil's going to bring a lot of darts. In other words, he's not just going to come at you one time, Deke. If he just came one time and you survived that one, praise God, and he, you've done the rest of your life, that would be wonderful. But the reality of it is he's coming again. Matter of fact, can I tell you some of my experiences? I, I know this is true because our house is broken into five times. That if you get burglarized, chances are, are nine times out of ten, the burglars will come back again to your house. The same ones. That's just what stats say. The same one will come back again to your house. Yeah, we know. Live right in the neighborhood. Just live right here. One time, man, one time, this was before we moved in the house. We were getting the house set up. We had all the, put all the appliances in there and furniture. Appliances? All appliances and furniture. We came one day, all the appliances, all the furniture gone. And we asked the neighbors, they were like, we didn't see nothing. You didn't see appliances? Whole living room sets going there. What? What? Y'all didn't see anything? I'm like, man. I but still moved in. We used to have a sneak to go out of town. We did. Whenever we went out of town, we, we'd sneak. We had somebody meet us down the street. Pick us up. Praise God. Nope. When we left, we gave people all that stuff. Just gave them. Just gave them new appliances. Gave y'all take it, take it. Just gave it to them. <laughs> ah. So, all right. Let's get back on the on track here. They didn't. They didn't stop my clock. So the 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 enemy is gonna keep coming over and over and over again. But don't, don't relax once you've quenched one dart. You have to keep your shield up because he's going to come back with another shield, another dart. In fact, many times he's going to try a different dart. Okay, you're not going to give in to that dart. I'm going to bring a different dart at you. Okay? Because he's, he's persistent. Okay, now, so Satan comes to us with all sort of, of, of uh, weapons, all right? Assault weapons when he's coming against individuals or uh, we, we call weapons of mass destruction when he's coming against groups. The devil has weapons of mass destruction. He'll, he'll come at a whole church. He'll come at a whole, at a whole family. You know what I'm saying? When he does that, he he's brings out a big bomb that's going to have, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, it's going to be casualties, but there's a, another word. Um, hmm? It means all the extra people. Collateral damage. That's the word I'm looking for. 
Collateral damage. Barbara, you knew what I was looking for, didn't you? You didn't know either? <laughs> collateral damage is the word. You understand what collateral damage is, right? In other words, you're my target, but it's going to have an effect on everybody else around you. That's what happens when, when he attacks pastors and, and overcomes pastors. It has collateral damage on a whole congregation. You got it? So pastors have to keep their shields up. Husbands, you got to keep your shields up. If you're a business owner, you got to keep your shield up. If you're a child of God and you have a, 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 you know, a thousand followers on Facebook, You got a thousand people that's, that's watching you. You don't know they're watching you, but they're watching you. Because mm, the stories will show. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, I looked this up. I thought about this. Well, it's truth. That in, in, in uh, natural battles today, they use, uh, I, I looked at four different types of warfare that they use. Chemical warfare, uh, Saddam Hussein, and people over in, in the Arab, Arab uh, countries, they, they use a lot of chemical warfare. Chemical, uh, they're, they're using chemicals. It's, it's dangerous. Just touch you and it, and it burns you and can destroy you. Satan used the same thing. Today he's using chemicals that are called drugs. One of, the, one of the biggest ones that's out there today is opioids. It's, 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 it's running rampant through communities all over the country. But remember, those are actual legal prescription drugs that many people start on them with, I'm just, I had broke my leg or whatever. You follow what I'm saying? Before you know it, Satan has a hook in them, and now they're, they're under chemical, they have chemical warfare going on. Biological warfare. Biological warfare. They use, with biological warfare, I looked it up, it's uh, germs and viruses. They use various germs and viruses that they create. You know, some of these things that are out there are created. Germs and viruses, and anthrax is one, right? It's biological. Satan uses that against the people of God. Right? Germs and viruses, sicknesses and diseases. <laughs> Come on now, that's why you keep that shield up. Because he's, 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 uh, he's a general in the fear. He's commander in chief of fear. And all these agents that work for him he uses all kind of strategies to come against people in general and including the people of God. Yes, sir. So chemical, biological warfare. But we've already learned that we can be, uh, be healed and remain healed by our faith. Right, right? We've, I've already taught you that. Okay. Now he uses something else, psychological warfare. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll come back to that. And then, maybe I'll get on this on Sunday, he uses something called economic warfare. Economic warfare, you see that when countries set up embargoes against other 
Am I right about this, Deacon Tyrone? When a country says we're going <laughs> to... We set up a blockade, Deacon Gershom, blockades to cut off a, a nation's supply. The same thing you see in 2 Kings 6 and 2 Kings 7. When Syria, the king of Syria, they besieged Samaria, which means they didn't uh, shoot any arrows. They didn't go in there with any tanks. They didn't go in there with any guns. They simply surrounded them and cut off all their supply. The whole purpose of that is to make you, you're going to starve to death until you give up. That created that great famine that's in the area. So, so what the devil does is, and I'll deal with this, oh, I'm trying to get too far into it tonight, Pauline, is, is he creates uh, a, a, an economic uh, warfare against people of God. He besieges us around. To, he tries to cut off our supply. That's why you have to get an uh, economic supply, uh, a divine supply, rather. Oh, man. I, oh, I don't want to deal with this tonight, but it's just, I got to say it while it's on my mind. Because Samaria was besieged. Enemy all around. But what Syria didn't count on was a vertical drop. They could cover them and cut them off all around, but they couldn't cover over the top of them. And Elijah, Elisha rather, put up a prayer. God spoke to him with a prophetic word by this time tomorrow. Everything's going to be turned around. And that word leaped over the wall, bust through the enemy and made a way for them. Are you following this here? So that's the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, why you have to, and we were dealing with this this morning in, our, in the prayer time, you have to begin to switch immediately to divine supply. I admonish you to go back and find a message I preached on applying for a heavenly grant. I taught on that this morning. You got you to gotta switch from your, your natural earth supply, what, from what your job can do, from what the government does. You got to switch over immediately because the devil, if he, can, if he can cut off your supply in the natural, he'll stranglehold you into quitting. All right? Sunday. If the Lord says the same. If he, if he lets me get to it, because he's been holding backing me off on his finances for a little minute here. Okay? But I know it's important to you. Is it? Okay, I want to make sure now. Some of y'all feel like you've been cut off already. Feel like, man, where's my supply? You gotta get it from up there because all around. Okay?